Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. This is episode 26 of the Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is the podcast where we watch just the first episode of a television series. It could be old, it could be new, uh, it could be something that's still going, it could be something that crashed and burned a long time ago. But we watch it, we discuss it, we review it, we have a little fun with it, and Every week we take turns picking which show we're going to watch. This was my turn to pick, and I picked Acapulco Heat. I forgive you. <laughs> Acapulco Heat was a syndicated television show in the 90s. It aired, the first season was 1993, and then it went away and came back for a second season in 1998 and then that was and then that, that was it what were they thinking you know the first time around it's one thing let's give it a shot but in 98 let's bring this back 5 years later yeah and apparently in the the second season they explained the time jump too and there's uh, i guess less of a cast than there is now that sounds like an improvement. I mean, this is a this is kind of a large cast for what they're trying to pull off. Because I feel like if Charlie's Angels and Miami Vice had a baby, but not quite had a had a developmentally challenged baby. Maybe. Maybe that's well, it. Well, let me let me read the official or the the synopsis of this show. So this is Acapulco HEAT, and the word HEAT is an acronym which stands for Hemisphere Emergency Action Team, which... Which right there, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's stupid. So it follows, the, follows a group of top-secret agents based in Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco, and Mexico, recruited by C5, a secret intergovernmental coalition to fight terrorism and other international crimes to keep a low profile in Puerto Vallarta well this is how they keep a low profile the team posed as models and photographers representing a beach fashion business called Acapulco Heat the actual business the actual fashion line was called Acapulco Heat when you're trying to keep a low profile, <laughs> definitely all have, quote, jobs where everybody's looking at you. Yeah. There were the, the two team leaders. I called the guy. There was basically like an American who was an ex-CIA agent and the woman who was an ex-MI6 agent. Um, I just called him Bobo Jason Statham. <laughs> Oh boy! Because he, I I get it. 
He kind of he kind of looks like a low rent Jason Jason Statham with just a little bit more hair. Yeah, he's not unattractive, but he's not like hot like Jason right. Statham hot. Um, he's kind of got that like receding hairline. Jason Statham's just he's just bald, right? At this point, yeah, yeah. he's just. I think when his career first started, like he just kind of had that kept like it, kept it. Well, it, I think it was even shorter than that. It was almost like shaved but there was a little bit of stubble on top now i think he just goes completely bald right he just bruce willis is it but no bobo jason statham he's he's one of the two team leaders and then we're literally and there's four other technically five other members of the team two guys two girls and baldy and then at the very end of the the two-part episode two-part pilot episode they get a new team member. So, but we're like literally not introduced to any of the team members. I mean, they're they're all there, but we barely get to know anyone else. I mean, like yeah, the, at least the, the the two women have very specific tasks. The one is kind of like the cat burglar, like the sneaky one. Right. She and, can jump and land, and you can't hear a sound. Right, and, and she crawls through. Uh, uh, air vents and shit. And then the blonde woman is the tech person, like the computer person, the hacker, I guess. Right. And then the two guys are virtually indistinguishable from each other. Like, they do nothing except just, like, stand around in sleeveless shirts. Okay. Yeah. That They sound like vital positions <laughs> on this team. Although, I mean, according to the Wikipedia page, like, they are, like, one's a, a Navy SEAL and the other one is a martial arts expert or something. And The one guy they do show in the opening credits, he's doing, I don't know, karate, taekwondo, well, yeah, something. But, so, okay. Well, uh, well, I guess one guy... The other guy's a Navy SEAL? And I think he was the one who was more... Actually, now that I think about it, he was, I guess, like, the demolitions expert... But really, all he did was blow up model stuff, model cars and planes. <laughs> like, that's what he used. His delivery system of explosives were, were uh, remote-controlled cars and planes, like toys, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's um, <laughs> there's the, the bald guy who, who was part of the team. He was, I mean, not like the action part. I think he was more the logistics part. Oh, but then there's also Mr. Smith, who they see on right. TV, who I said is kind of like, this show's Charlie. Right, he's Only Charlie. Only we get to see Charlie's face, not just hear his voice. And and Mr. Smith is played by John Vernon, who was uh, Dean Wormer from Animal House. <gasps> yes! I kept, the whole time I'm like, I know this guy. Where do I know this guy from? <laughs> oh, I mean, poor, poor John Vernon. I mean, this was clearly just a paycheck. I mean, it can't be anything else. I mean, I think that's the only time they ever see him. I don't think he ever actually makes an appearance with the other actors on the show. He's only ever seen by, like, television. He's He just virtually, I mean, he, he basically just exists to give them missions and to chew them out when they screw something up. So this was, <laughs> I was going to try and explain the, the pl the plot of the pilot, but I don't think there's really it's it just has to do with international terrorism. There's kind of like a main bad guy named Strake, 
which is which they they encountered in the very beginning in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. They foiled an assassination attempt by him in what could be classified as the worst assassination attempt ever. It looked like he had a sniper rifle, and he was wearing a giant devil mask. Like he looked like a bobblehead, mm-hmm. uh, because I guess it was during some sort of um, like carnival. Or yeah, whatever. some sort of yeah big street festival, and he was trying to blend in, but he kept it on the entire time, and and he's wearing and he's he's trying to operate this sniper rifle, and I'm like, how can you possibly operate that with that giant hat on or whatever head? He shoots what is, essentially looks like a bottle rocket at at his target. But he manages to get away even after the Navy SEAL drives a remote control car up to him and blows it up. Come on, Navy SEAL. You're better than that. <laughs> Whatever your name is. <laughs> well, well, one thing that we, we kind of skipped over real quick, and I just wanted to circle back around to this. So in, this, in our podcast, we oftentimes, like, whoever picks the show explains why they picked the show, if they have any kind of attachment to it or association with it or previous knowledge or memories. I have no no memory of this show other than... Well, I shouldn't say I have no memory of it. I, I kind of remember it as being just one of those like late-night, crappy-looking syndicated shows on whatever network this, this used to air on. The only reason I picked it is because I think exactly why the reason we're talking about, like how we're talking about it, is it, it just looked terrible. I mean, but like so bad, it's it's like you can't not have fun talking about it. <laughs> it's I mean, it's it's boobs, it's butts, it's guns, it's terrible acting, it's Fabio, it's it, it, everything from top to bottom is just pure 90s. For real, Fabio's in this show. That's, That's right. Yeah. For real, Fabio. He he's not part of the team, although he is familiar with the team's cover identity. Fabio runs the resort that the team operates out of. The team operates out of this beautiful luxury resort in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Didn't the love boat used to stop at Puerto Vallarta? Yeah, I was actually making some notes because may have made this baby prematurely. I don't think it's just Charlie's Angels and Miami Vice. I think this is Charlie's Angels, Miami Vice, the A Team, and the Love Boat. Oh, the A Team! I never, I didn't made put, a baby. Okay, I, I, I didn't fit the, I, well, I didn't fit the A Team in there, but I fit everything well, just, else in. Well, just you know, some sometimes like shit's exploding. Sometimes there's like crazy car chases. Yeah, it's more of a team as opposed to like a duo, and, like we see in like say Miami Vice and, and things. No like one that. seems to get hurt. Ever. Oh, everybody just walks away clean. Like absolutely. Like they, they, at one point, they throw this purse out of out of a like a ten story window in the middle of this giant resort and explodes, and everyone seems to be fine. Right. I mean. I mean, this purse is probably full of C four. They threw it out in between, like I don't know, multiple buildings. Like kind of like a like courtyard. A courtyard. Yeah. Where God knows somebody's down there catching some rays and mm. police. Please, nobody's dead. Okay. Well, it's like it blew up right next to the building. I mean, I mean, and they they did reference like so many thousands of dollars worth of broken glass, but how about like 
any fatalities? <laughs> uh, anybody getting cut to ribbons by all that broken glass? So I uh, made a note, the opening sequence. Um, it, it just felt like a cheap-looking Miami Vice-feeling opener. Oh, it totally like it did. Was, it was so cheap. Um, and, of course, it just everybody running around in their bikinis. And um, the episode that we watch, I guess maybe we should say, it was like a two-part pilot. Right. And I believe that every single scene from the opening sequence comes from the the two-episode pilot. Mm-hmm. I recognized every single scene that we saw. Yeah. Um, and so, since it's a two-part pilot, we've seen the opening sequence twice. Mm-hmm. So two times I had to sit through what felt like an hour <laughs> of just the the cast of characters, you know, and the stars of this show. Gratuitous cleavage and boobs and butts. I, I, I wrote down they should have just called this Acapulco tits. Yeah, I that makes sense. About five actors' names in, I kind of think they're going to wrap it up. Like, the music's going to go, like, and be mm-hmm. done. Oh, no. No, no, no. Here's another name and another name. It just, like, it just kept going Well, they, going they introduce, on. like, ten people in the <laughs> every time. Yeah. Um, Literally, there's, like, ten people, ten stars in this opener. And then when the show starts, you still have the other people who are getting credited you know, at the bottom of the screen, starring. I'm like, listen, you have mm-hmm. no room left for any more, quote, stars. That's probably where all the budget went was just the opening. Uh, probably. Now, speaking of the opening, uh, the opening was accompanied by the amazing song, I Feel the Heat. <laughs> Whose lyrics include, I Feel the Heat. Wait, I have the lyrics right here. Oh, there's more to it than I Feel the Heat? So it says, so I'm going to read the lyrics for you, okay? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sweat slipping down my spine, making me hazy. Wet fingers touching mine, making me crazy. I'm on the street. I'm on the street. I feel the heat. I feel the heat. I'm on the street. I'm on the street. I feel the heat. I feel the heat. I feel. I feel. I feel the heat. Hang on. That 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 repeats four times. Hang by on. The way. What do you feel? I feel the heat. Oh oh, I didn't. I did yeah. not pick up on that. Deep in the darkest night, I feel the motion. Keep all my love alive. Keep all my love alive. You're gonna rhyme with ocean, aren't you? Come to the ocean. <sighs> <laughs> So not only so that that's the that's <laughs> that's the theme song for the show, done not by one by by two different artists for each season apparently. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know what the second season I feel the heat sounds like. If it's as good or better than the first season I feel the heat. Mm. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have it in me. Oh no, I, I definitely don't. That <laughs> this was exactly kind of what I thought it was going to be, but worse. <laughs> so, can can we just talk about the fight scenes for a minute? Because you mean like what looked like a high school tumbling team? Okay, so 
I have two main things here. So I'll, I guess I'll address the, the more specific one, which, again, I wasn't on the high school tumbling team, so forgive me if I'm, if I'm speaking out of turn here. Is it really faster to make your escape by doing a string of <laughs> cartwheels than it would be to say to just run like just, hell? You know, yeah. in my world, I'm just going to run. And I get that's not going to be fast for me. The, However, I don't think doing cartwheels is going to be any faster. So guy who's wearing the, like, devil mask, like the, the bad guy, um, he makes his escape by literally just doing, like, ten cartwheels in a row. <laughs> and I'm just watching. I'm, like, for real? Like, just, and, just run. And he still got away. Yeah. Come on, Navy <laughs> SEAL. Come on, CIA. Well, like the Navy SEAL got bested by by a woman who threw down the equivalent of like a drugstore smoke bomb around the like a Fourth of July drugstore smoke bomb. It was like poof. And it's not like you, she even disappeared. It went poof and you saw her running. <laughs> and he's just sitting on the floor like, what? I'm oh, stunned. Oh, no. Oh, she's getting away. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, in general, just every fight scene was awful. I know. I've seen enough, like, It was very, like, choreographed. Yeah, like, I get that it's all but, choreographed, like, very... and they have, to, they have to practice it. And, like, when person A punches person B, person B moves in such a way to make it look like they it was got very, punched. I get it. It was very slow. Yeah, it, but in this, it was like person A fake punches for person B, who stands there for a minute and a half and then flinches or mm. then like tumbles over or whatever. It was just so awful. In in no part did it look at all like it could maybe kind of sort of perhaps be real fighting. The well, worst fighting I've ever seen in my life. You know, going back to the very beginning, you know, which is kind of what we're talking about, the, the first assassination attempt by Strake and his team of women bad guys. Who are like beefcakes, by the way. That redhead oh, lady looked huge. like she could fuck some shit up. She was huge. She was, yeah, she was big. So, you know, they're standing guard while Strake is getting ready to assassinate this foreign dignitary, and two of the Heat team run in. So it's two on two, and they just square off like they're a bunch of like fighter like oh like God, how did yes. how did they like how do these people not how are these people not armed like so, they're they're like they're going into a dangerous situation they are like special ops people and they I'm like and they just raise their fists like yeah let's do this but, like they're in a street fight right this isn't West Side Story it's two on two so it's like a quote fair fight if you will so you think immediately one person attacks one. Another attacks the other. Mm-hmm. No, you're exactly right in how you described it. They basically like square off, and I expect you know the next thing that happens is like a dance sequence where they're going to like stab outward but not stab each other or something. <laughs> it, it was so weird. Like, do you want to fight? Oh, you want to fight? Okay, let's fight. They, ready they, to fight? Okay, we're ready like, to fight. They threw, they paired off. They each threw one punch, and then the one heat person just like kept running and then the guy was left to fight both women by himself again which is one in one of the like worst choreographed fights yeah ever 
So they think that they have completed the mission, whatever. They don't realize that Strake mm-hmm. is still alive. Right. They, they they think they blow him up with a with a remote control car. That's how. That's how most people do it. Yeah, that's how um, that's how the Heat team does it. <laughs> and I think all they did was, I, I guess, they. <laughs> I guess he fell into a sewer, but they. I think we're supposed to think that the explosion like blew him into a sewer, but they never should. There's like not a hole in the ground or anything. Like the car explodes and it's like he's just gone. Like, and they're just standing around like, oh, okay, he's dead. There's, he disappeared into thin air. There's no bo- everything's there's, cool. There's no blood. There's no guts. There's no right. body parts. They're just like, up, oh, strikes dead. He completely vaporized <laughs> by way of a remote control car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so straight is on fire. He falls into the sewer and he puts himself out and he's like, I'll get you heat. I mean, he doesn't that say that, but was almost like a scene from Scooby Doo. Like, I'll get you, your pet, you pesky kids. Yeah, like kind of a thing. Like, like, I'll give the the main bad guy like Strike. I'll give him a little bit of credit in that the actor or whatever. Like, he was really playing up the villain. Like, he was really chewing the scenery. They they wrote this villain like he was a like a Batman villain or like you said like a Scooby Doo villain or. This just over the top, you know, mustache twirling. I mean, <laughs> just everything. Uh, bad guy. So the team returns to their Acapulco headquarters, where they feel that Dean Wormer should probably give them a nice long vacation because they vaporized the bad guy. That didn't happen because. You mean when they returned to their headquarters, which was inside of, like, a Mayan temple? Listen, why... Where (laughs) else would they have their headquarters? Dan, come on. Yeah, it's got this, like, secret... These doors that slide slide apart. Yeah, like, is this not some sort of, like, like, historic or sacred site? Government's just like, oh... Sure, Acapulco Heat, you can use this as your secret headquarters. Absolutely. Try to keep up, man. (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) Right. So, of course, you know, we have to have a new twist because we can't just have Strake is still on the loose. So No, there's got to be like three more stories involved. Right. So don't you know that the main British woman, the ex- what is she? MI6? MI6. She's BFFs with a princess. Sure. Who just shows up unannounced without any security guards. Because mm-hmm. security guards are like, that's dumb. Like she, she, she gave her security guards the slip or something. Because he, cause, uh, Bobo Jason Statham like, says later on, like, well, well, we'll give you a couple days here and then we'll, tr- and then we'll try and find your security guards or something. Yeah, that, he, he says something like that, which I, at least that's what I thought. It didn't really, a lot of it didn't. This didn't make sense. I think from an editing standpoint, like the way certain scenes were cut together, it was just not. Yeah, it didn't flow. Yeah, very well. So she shows up out of nowhere, and like, oh, I just had to get away, and I'm I won't be a bother, and I'll just be here for a couple of days. Oh, please. (laughs) 
by the way, I'm going to also take play take part in your fashion show. Right. So the whole time Bobo's like, no, get her out of here. She can't be here. And then Blondie is like, oh, she's my friend. Come on. So, yeah, cut to, well, we're just going to do our, quote, job of having, like, a fashion show at a resort. And well, and there's some and there also there's some sort of like summit that's happening at the resort coincidentally, some sort of like security summit or yeah I wasn't really sure what that international was supposed to be but it was like yeah international there because there were people from different countries yeah, or whatever so but they had to, and, and they were like well we we can't not have the fashion show because it's part of the itinerary and it'll look weird if we if we call it off I'm like no it won't they won't care. Because they, they can see their boobs <laughs> if they just look left or right. <laughs> exactly, but also when I don't when they had this fashion show, it literally looked like nobody was watching it. Right. Except people for, were just like eating their lunches. There were, and there were like three photographers, and they all looked like they had just like disposable cameras. I know, and it was I felt like the you know the way they filmed this, they were trying so hard to make it look like it was this. Yeah, they were doing like real. Fashion show and and the, the sounds of the camera clicking like, yeah, and, and, and the music was like dun 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 right like this I this basically cuts. I felt like I was in Milan <laughs> I mean I really yeah, did it was, I felt like it was Fashion Week so Princess whoever she is wants to be in the fashion show so they kind of you know what are you gonna do you don't yeah, tell a they, princess no they they squeeze her in. So, you know, put her in a bathing suit, give her a beach ball. She can twirl around with the other girls, and she's feeling like a million bucks. So when it comes, and that's in the practice, I should say. But when it comes time for the real fashion show, oh, no. Bobo and Blondie lock <laughs> her up in her room or their apartment or whatever mm-hmm. that's supposed to be. And Yes, did they share an apartment or something? Hang, I don't even want to go in 17 directions here, but I'm about to, and I'm sorry. In the very beginning, almost like one of the first scenes, I also found it to be strange and kind of awkward that they had to announce, we have sexual tension. Like, that's just supposed to be something that we recognize as viewers as we grow to, like, see how these how these characters work oh, together. No. There was none of that. They flat out said, like, we have sexual tension. Yeah. But he kept calling Period. her. Yeah. Kept calling her. He was like, hey, legs. It it <laughs> was weird. Well, there was no subtlety. That, obviously, there's no subtlety to this show whatsoever. But the her, her voiceover... I wrote in here the narration is annoying. I hated it. I mean, because she basically said everything like we're Acapulco heat or you know and this is what heat stand I mean it was just yeah like we're not dumb like, we we can piece these things together see I I, I thought since this was a two part episode I thought we were going to see like putting the team together and their first mission but apparently this team has been together like they've been working together for some time so we're kind of just dropped in the middle, and that's fine. Like that—that's a way you can. That's a direction you can go. But I just thought we were going to see because this was a a team put together of well, it's supposed to be like a multinational team, but it's all Americans and like one Brit. Although, and actually, I I think the cat burglar is supposed to be French, 
quote unquote. Oh, really? Yeah, but she is like either no French accent or the worst French accent. Well, I don't think the British accent was very good. Like, is that chick really British? Because I don't think so, but at least she tried. Like half the time she sounded, I could hear the accent, and and half the time it was almost like there wasn't one. Like, honey, you forgot to do your accent. Let's <laughs> shoot that scene one more time. Yeah, but it, but it was like you will eventually have multinational agents in your multinational ter- anti-terrorist organization. You know that maybe saying duo national. <laughs> I don't know. What's the right word there? Multinational just sounded way better. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway. And what you said, do they live together? Yes, apparently they share an apartment. But yeah. they have separate bedrooms, you guys, because they're yeah. just co-workers. They but, work on a fashion show. So and, and, so and then this princess shows up. It's this luxury resort, but yet she has to share Bobo and blondie british girls apartment with them right let's and, <laughs> reverse for a second here she's a freaking princess you're telling me like she's not going to get her own floor and their acapulco heat god damn it yeah and like and fabio's like all over her and like they're not he's not going to give her, her at least her own room well i think maybe bobo initially he didn't plan it this way he didn't plan anything but then he probably did want it this way because they locked her up they couldn't lock her if she had her own room, probably, but they locked her up in their room, apartment, whatever, so mm-hmm. she couldn't go to the real fashion show. But, you know, sister's got skills. She <laughs> wants to be in the show. She's going to be in the show. Well, yeah. well it, you know, they left her with her cell phone. All she did was probably just call down to the front desk and say, hey, my door is jammed. Can you help me out? Right. Because five minutes later, she's... Down in the fashion show. With her beach ball. I'm like, these are the two worst secret agents ever. Right. So the end of part one is the princess gets kidnapped from the fashion show. Mm -hmm. Part two is basically just more stupid stuff, them trying to get her back. (laughs) Which they do in a terrible fashion. Um, So, okay, so I wrote down, so the the princess is kidnapped. They, They know... Strake is back because he makes this video showing that he has her. Um, the the resort is full of all these foreign dignitaries, and it's just, they're you know they've got to be on high alert. He sends the rest of the team out to like check security and do whatever, and he's like, "I'm gonna be in the last place I want to be on the beach," and then they show him taking this like slow introspective stroll on the beach like he's like and there's this music playing in the background it's like it's like i gotta go onto the beach and think so bobo's strolling along on the beach oh here comes blondie also strolling on the beach and they're both like i'm sorry oh i'm sorry like they're you know a couple but apparently they're not but They've announced their sexual tension. Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> so um, I think the one other thing we have to talk about is a person who I noted as my favorite character. Thank you very much. That's Taxi Driver. Oh, uh, Marcos. He kind of, he's just like a handsome taxi driver who shows up at the hotel. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a... A speed racer, zipping in and, and picking up customers, whatever. 
But this isn't just a coincidence who he's picking up as his customers because he's not your average taxi driver. He knows that there's something going on that this team is working out of the hotel. Yeah, he has he has no proof, at least that we know of, but he, he suspects that something's going on and he keeps trying to get someone to crack. Right, so he keeps putting himself where the action is. Yeah, he follows them and gets in... Yeah, gets in the middle of things. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we're just like models and do fashion shows and stuff. (laughs) And so they go, I guess it was when they were going to get the princess. At this point, I'm not even sure. Yeah, But they basically like stop the car and as because he's following them and they're like, hey, turn around. So he technically does... um, in the next scene, we get to see the arsenal that he keeps in the trunk of his taxi cab. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a prepared man. Yeah. Okay? So you might think about Uber or Lyft. You might just want to go straight yellow cab because that's the guy who's going to yeah. be able to protect you. Ask for Marcos. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, yeah, but he's got his own thing going on. Like we find out later. Right. So at the at the end, Mr. Smith tells them that basically, you know, you're going to have taxi cab driver join your team. He's Mexican. Mexican police. He's like a federal. Un- He's undercover. Yeah. Just something about his charm, I think. Was he kind of had that like rough around the edges kind of thing. He was my favorite character. I I hated him less than anybody <laughs> else. Well... He he definitely had the least pleats in of, of all the cast. So many pleats in this in this show. Yeah. Pleats and, everywhere. And and kudos to pleats, minimal pleats. Pleats and high waisted pants everywhere. I mean this was nineteen ninety three. Um when when they when they had the the shootout at Strake's uh compound when they were rescuing the princess and and it seemed like except for the very first mission in the opening of the sequence of the show literally all the action took place in the middle of the day like they're having these car chases they're they're like they're having this shootout to rescue the princess in the middle of the day Oh, yeah. And in this like this neighborhood, carrying guns. Yeah, they're just blowing shit up. Just doing what they want. They, they nobody thinks anything of it. Navy SEAL uses a remote control plane to like he he like kamikazes it right into the house to like blow up the window to get the princess out. Right. And then all these girls in bikinis run out of the house with submachine guns and start firing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, led by you know redhead with the. With the massive arms. Yeah. So all along, we had basically seen these two women. Oh, he called them sugar and spice. Yeah. In the beginning. I'm like, they even have code names. So as it turns out, there weren't just two of them. You know, back at the pad, there's a whole harem of, you know, bikinied armed women at the ready. I mean, who doesn't have that? So... Oh, and you know, and speaking of, I don't know if you noticed this, but speaking of code names, I didn't get all of them. But did you notice that most of, like, most of Heats, like they each had their own code name or call sign, right? And they almost all had something to do with like 
like water sports or swimming or the beach. Yeah, like deep. There was spring. Uh, the ones I caught, well, the, yeah, there was springboard, high dive, sarong, and yeah, the one guy's was like deep dive or deep something or deep throat. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, and, I think it was deep dive or something like well, that. Well, there was yeah. high dive, but I forget. But yeah, the other ones. It was, or high dive? Well, mm, one of them was know. high dive. I don't know. I, yeah, it, it had the word deep in it, but I don't know what it was. And Bubba Jason Statham, his his call sign was like platform or something, like which seemed That's really like... thong. <laughs> <laughs> come in, thong. Thong, come in. Oh, my God. Well, you know, and, and so in the end, they save the princess. They find the, a, a bomb. They explode it. Straight gets away, Right. Absolutely. He gets away, and then they get a new team member. Taxi cab driver. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, this is this is a 17 thumbs up. Um, <laughs> so basically, you need to watch this show. It, you will never be the same, having had yeah. watched it. It's definitely a, a, a time capsule into the early 90s. It's bad. I mean, make no mistake, but it's kind of a fun bad. Certainly, I'm not going to watch the entire series. That would be madness. Oh, total madness. But, the, you know, the the first episode was fun enough just to goof on, because it if you take it to... I mean, honestly, I don't know how these people made this show without laughing. Right, and then well, the fact that somebody said, let's bring this thing back after five years. Yeah, I want I don't, to meet that person. I don't know how that decision got made. Right, I mean, I'm like, how many tequilas did you have? <laughs> I guess, you know, because this show was syndicated, I guess there are different, you know, there, I guess there's a different mentality for syndication or different rules or different, they film it or like they make it and then they shop it around. I think that's how it works. I don't, because it wasn't on any... It wasn't like a specific network produced this show. It was, you know, a production company made it, and then they, you know, sold it to some network. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works. Maybe they should have tightened up the rules <laughs> and such. It's probably better um, <laughs> if we don't. It's probably better if we don't know how right. that works. <laughs> Let's not think too hard on this one. Yeah. But yeah, just the the fighting. The absolutely horrible fighting is, mm-hmm. I think, worth looking at this because you've seen some things where you're like, that wasn't so great, but this <laughs> was like literally every scene, not so great. Everything's bad. Uh, <laughs> the, the the acting, the the action. There are no stars. The story. I mean, other than Dean Wormer, like biggest name is Fabio, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, he's this romance is, covers and butter. So this isn't even C list. This is like D list, right? Maybe even like E and F list. <laughs> I don't know if any of these people did anything else. I'm sure they did. I'm sure if we looked on IMDb, I'm sure some of these actors and actresses went on to do other shitty things, right? Like waitress <laughs> number two. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's funny because sometimes when we watch older shows, um, I'll recognize someone who I didn't realize 
at the time was on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, oh, hey, that's so-and-so. I didn't know they had been on this show early in their career. Nobody. Didn't recognize any mm-hmm. of the Heat team. No. Not at all. So, Acapulco Heat. Amazing. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. <laughs> so, okay, well, that's pretty much uh, our our uh, review of Acapulco Heat, as you know, so, uh, such as it is. Uh, next week will be Jen's pick, and we usually will tease that on our social media sites later on in the week. Um, but can you tell us, have you anything picked yet? So, to be honest with you, I had a short list of shows that um, I was considering, but I kind of forget what's on my list, because I haven't looked at it in a while. Fair enough. Well, that's something you can think about, and like I said, just look for that later this week. Pilot season, you know, we're on uh, all the major social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for at Pilot Season TV. You can find this episode and other episodes at pilotseasontv.blogspot.com or on um, we're hosted on Pinecast. You just, again, search for Pilot Season. And you can also use our social media sites if you want to communicate with us, if you want to suggest a show, or if you have any comments or thoughts or questions. You can also email us at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com and oh and our um, other places you can find our show are iTunes and Google Play so that's that that's uh, that's all I have same here now if you don't mind rubbing some cocoa butter on me I'm going to go get some sun in the Acapulco heat oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take a long introspective stroll on the beach And look at boobs. And look at boobs. Exactly. All right. So this has been episode 26 of the Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time. See ya.